our scripture as we continue through the book of James, uh, just our second ser uh, sermon on the sermon series on the book of James. Just three, three verses. This is James 1, 9 through 11. James 1, 9 through 11. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The word of the Lord. Well, one of the classes that we take in seminary is a, a philosophy class and get acquainted with a variety of philosophers. And, and uh, a philosopher that I enjoy a lot is a guy named Soren Kierkegaard, who uh, lived in the 1800s, uh, a Danish philosopher. Uh, I like Soren Kierkegaard because I like Danish, those tasty pastries. And I like the, saying the name Soren Kierkegaard. Soren tells this parable of a couple of robbers who broke into a jewelry store. And what these robbers did that was so amazing was they took nothing. Rather, they simply exchanged the price tags on everything. Priceless jewelry, they put low price tags on. And cheap knockoff jewelry, they put priceless price tags on. And then they left. And the amazing thing is nobody knew for several weeks that this had happened. And so bracelets that were $200 were going for $10,000 and vice versa. And finally, they figured it out. This was a parable that Kierkegaard wrote to try to explain the realities that people pro have problems telling what's truly valuable. Kierkegaard concluded with this quote, that the people of my day have no ability to tell the truly valuable from the truly worthless. I think that that's true of our day as well, isn't it? Things that are important in life, faithfulness, goodness, justice, are to be had on the cheap, but a pair of designer jeans, now that's exactly what you need. No, he's speaking... Uh, about our day as well as that day. And James is speaking to Christians in this passage. And their condition is that they are poor and they're discouraged and they're equating their value based on the standards of their culture. And what James is saying to them and what I am saying to you is it's absolutely necessary that we're able to value, to understand what is truly valuable and distinguish it from what is truly worthless. See, the message of this sermon is very simple. The path to joy comes from valuing the truly valuable over the truly worthless. So the question is, can you? Can you distinguish what is what? This sermon is really going to only consist of two points. Number one, what is it that is truly valuable? That's worth giving our life, our heart, our soul to. And point number two, what is truly worthless? What do we need to discard in our hearts so that we can embrace that which is truly valuable? So let's take a look at these two points. With number one, what is truly valuable? 
James begins this passage by saying, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. When we hear that, we sort of say, huh? Doesn't make any sense. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. What is he talking about? Well, when he's using the word lowly, he's using uh, uh, somebody who is poor, somebody who is destitute, someone who is struggling at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. See, much like his, our culture, his culture was a culture of materialistic pleasure-centeredness. In other words, a culture that would look at someone who is financially poor and would denigrate him, would say that he has no value, she has no value. And yet, James says, let this poor brother boast in his exaltation. Now, the key word that explains this is the word brother. James is speaking about a Christian. You'll remember that James's audience are these Christians who were in Israel, who were in Jerusalem, and because of the persecution have been spread to the four winds of the Roman Empire. They've had to flee because of persecution, probably with just the clothes on their back or little else, what they could carry. And so they're, they're scrabbling out a menial existence wherever it is that they're living. They don't have much. They've been forced to take bottom-of-the-barrel jobs. They're living hand to mouth. And he's saying to these brothers that you should boast in your exaltation. See, these brothers, looking around at the opulence of the world and seeing their particular condition, are tempted to evaluate themselves by what the world says about them. And the world says about them that you are nothing. You have nothing, so you are nothing. Just like our world, right? Our world evaluates us based on three things. Number one, what's the possessions that you have? Number two, what's the accomplishments that you have done? What have you done with your life? And then finally, number three, your reputation. What's the reputation you have in the world? These poor brothers in Christ have none of these things. And so their temptation is to become discouraged, down on themselves, to feel that they have nothing to offer. And James says, even though you are a poor brother, let you boast in your exaltation. What is this word, exaltation? If you were to look at it in the Greek, some synonyms that you could use for it would be the word dignity or eminence. It's from the Hebrew, which literally means the height of heaven. So the, this brother boasts in your height of heaven in, in terms of how high you actually are, how much eminence, how much importance, how much worth you have. That's what you are to boast in. See, what he's talking about is the inheritance that they have in Christ. He's telling them, Christian, you need to see yourself from God's perspective, not from man's. Because when we look at ourselves from God's perspective, we see a whole different definition of value and worth. In Ephesians 2.4, it explains what God has done for the Christian, what he's done for you and me. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up 
and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What the scripture is telling us is what God has done for us is amazing and wonderful because of his great love for us, for you. God has made you alive even though you were dead in your transgressions. He's not only made you alive, but he's raised you and he's seated you with Christ in a position of great honor and dignity in heaven. According to the scriptures, you and I are kings and queens with all royal dignity and authority. One day, do you know that you will actually judge angels? And because you are an inheritor of the kingdom of God, the universe, we shall govern under the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's raised us into a position of majesty. Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Do you know that when the God of the universe looks at you, he sees someone who is holy and blameless? If you are a Christian, he sees just like he sees Jesus Christ. He sees you because of what Christ has done. You see, how was this great position of majesty purchased? It was purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.31 puts it this way. What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So you can tell how uh, um, worth something is by what was paid for it, right? And what was paid for you was the blood of the Son of God. You are immeasurably valuable to God. C.S. Lewis put it this way when speaking of Christians. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. It is, a, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. He's speaking in cheek, obviously. To remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to bow down and worship. James is reminding these believers, and I am reminding you, of who you are in Christ. And so he says, let the poor and lowly brother boast of his exaltation. He's not saying to be arrogant about it, but he's saying to boast in it, to rejoice in it, to be glad in it, to vaunt in it, to express an unusually high degree of confidence in it. In other words, to derive your meaning not from the identity that the world gives you, but rather from the identity that God gives you. See, we all derive our meaning from something. We all build our life on a certain foundation. We're standing in this beautiful building that rises above us 
But when this building was begun, it was begun underground, a foundation that was laid upon which this building can stand. What the Bible is saying is that our position in Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which we are to stand. Why? Because it is what is truly valuable. It's what's permanent. It's what will last forever. We're on this earth, but for a short time. But eternity is a long time. And our position in Christ, which is now, if you are a follower of Christ, will continue on in perpetuity. Something that's been given by God himself, guaranteed by his Holy Spirit. And so it affects everything. Our understanding of possessions and how temporary and transitory they are. Our understanding of our situation, which is temporary at best. Our reputation from people no longer matters when it's compared to the reputation that we have with Christ. See, when we boast in our exaltation in Jesus Christ, it results in liberation, freedom from constantly being at the whim and uh, at the judgment of the people around us. It gives us confidence that we are someone and something in Christ. It gives us joy and satisfaction. Some of you are wondering why I have this lovely plant which is by me. This is a special plant of mine. This is a bonsai tree. It is a jaboticaba tree that I found by going deep into the Brazilian rainforest and bringing back. I actually got it from Amazon Prime. It came in two days. It really was quite amazing. It's a beautiful tree. Now, I don't know if you know much about bonsai, but bonsai uh, simply means, uh, bon means pot, and sai means plant. It means plant in a pot. It's not rocket science bonsai. That's why I love it so much. But you see, what's very important for this plant is the foundation that it sits in. That's why it's a plant in a pot. The pot is critical for determining the size of the plant and the foundation. There, there are these dimensional things in terms of how big the pot can be and its size because the pot is the foundation upon which the plant sits. And so it is the same thing for us. We all have a foundation upon which we stand. And only the right foundation will do. All other ones will crumble. So what is it that is truly valuable to you? What's worth living for? It's worth dying for. Where do you look for your most meaningful satisfaction? Not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday throughout the week. See, Christian, do you realize how rich you truly are in Christ Jesus? And does the thought of your salvation, what you have in Christ, make your heart sore? Or are you so tied to materialism and to the things of this world that you rise and fall with the opinion of others and with the balance in your checkbook? 
What does my schedule show? Am I so busy chasing after the things of this world that I have little time for the celebration of the glorious gift that I have, that I am in Jesus Christ? See, you will know that you understand grace when you can stand in the middle of nothing and say that I am rich. So shift your foundation from the things of this world to the things of Christ. Because it's in Christ that we can stand high. It's in Christ that we can be nourished and experience joy and peace in the face of whatever suffering and difficulty that we have. If you're not yet a Christian, I would encourage you to look at the foundation upon which you've built your life. Is it able to support the weight of your hopes and your dreams? Is it able to provide you with the glory which you so desperately long for? The answer is no. For there's only one foundation upon which we can stand and rise. It's Jesus Christ. That is what is truly valuable. Because the path to joy comes from valuing that which is truly valuable from that which is truly worthless. This brings me to my second point. What is truly worthless? James continues on. He says, Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Once again, we say, huh? The rich in his humiliation. This word humiliation means humble state, low status, low estate. The rich should boast in their humiliation, and then he gives the reason. Because, like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. James is saying the rich man should boast in his humiliation because riches are temporary. They're just like this plant that flourishes in the morning and he's speaking of the hot Israel sun, and I've been in the sun of Israel in June, and it comes up, and the scorching Shiraco winds come from the east and wither the plants, and it's gone just after an afternoon. So temporary. It's there for one minute, and then it's gone the next. Is James against riches? No. The Bible is not against riches but the Bible is adamant against trusting in riches. See, this rich man had confidence in his possessions. Notice it says that he would fade away in the midst of his pursuits. And what is he pursuing? Building a foundation of wealth. He doesn't care about Christ. He simply is living for the world's approval. And the world says the more that you have and the more that you've accomplished, the more that you're worth. And for the time, it seems like it's working. He or she is beautiful and has everything that you could ever want and takes all the trips and has the right house 
and lives in the right car and the world gives their adulation to him or her. But he is or she is boasting in what they have because that is the foundation upon which they've built their lives. And James says it's foolish. 